Hello, people of the way. Today is Communion Sunday. Uh, if you haven't listened to the message, it's called Communion Preparation. Make sure you listen to that and uh, follow those instructions uh, with regard to the preparation for the elements for communion. Now, I have a hard time as a former Catholic. The, the Lord rescued me from Catholicism uh, in revealing His truth. Uh, and I have a hard time with the word tradition or the concept of traditions. Now, with regard to communion, this is a church tradition tradition that we've been doing for 2,000 years, give or take a couple years. But for 2,000 years, it is very, very beautiful. It is very, very holy. And it's also glorious and wonderful. Now, I have to say too, if you're not a believer or if you're playing games with the Lord, hit pause right now and commit your life to Jesus Christ. The communion, it's not for non-believers. It's also not for people who are playing games with the Lord. And we're about to see in the little passage that we have to study, we're about to see the reason behind that. But if you're not a believer and you would like to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you believe in Him. Now, what you have to do is hit pause and listen to the message, how to commit your life to Jesus Christ. And if you are a believer, but you're playing games with them, maybe you're realizing that you're lukewarm. Uh, don't be lukewarm anymore. Recommit your life to Jesus Christ. You see, now if you persist and you remain to be lukewarm and you remain to be an unbeliever, do not partake of communion. I don't say this because out of hatred or to be mean or anything like that. I love you. As surely as the Lord lives, I love you. But this is a tradition for Christians, for people who are born again into Christ Jesus. Now remember, we're born into Adam. When you're a baby, the, the Lord forms you in your mother's womb and you're born into Adam. You go through the, the birth canal, you come into this world, you're born into Adam. But then there's something when you believe in Jesus Christ, it's called you're born into Christ. That's why we say born again, born again. Remember Jesus Christ, you know, he mentioned this to Nicodemus and Nicodemus, he wasn't thinking in, in accordance to the spirit. He was thinking in accordance to the natural man. And he was like, Lord, how, how is this possible for an adult to enter the womb again and to be born again. I don't get it. What do you mean? And Jesus Christ, he was kind of not chastising in a hardcore sense, but like, you know, you, you're supposed to teach. You call yourself a teacher and you don't understand these things. And then he told him about being born again, born again into him. We're born into Adam. We're born into Christ when we believe in him. And so, you know, that's my exhortation. If you're not a believer or if you're playing games with the Lord, don't be that way anymore. Don't be unbelieving anymore. You say, wait a second, I'm a believer, but you're calling me unbelieving. Well, do you remember how the Lord in the Old Testament, if you've been listening to our study through the Old Testament, in, in their disobedience, the Lord refers to them as unbelieving? It's like, whoa, that's pretty hardcore. Absolutely, it's hardcore. Because if we believe in Jesus Christ... If we believe in Jesus Christ, where is obedience unto him? Where is the change? Where is Where is the transformation into a new creation? You see? And so in this manner, we partake of the communion. Now, at 
any time during this message, at any time during this message or any message. If you need to repent before the Lord, all you have to do is hit pause. Hit the pause button and repent before the Lord. Get your heart right with the Lord. And anytime, if you still persist in being unbelieving, not just in this message, but in any of our messages, if you still persist and you want to be unbelieving no more at any time during any message, hit pause and listen to the message, how to commit your life to Jesus Christ. We are living in the last days. You know, it used to be where we could say, The last days are upon us. The last days are upon us. No, the last days are here. The Lord gives us indication of what the last days are going to look like before the 70th week of Daniel, in the early part, in the middle, at the end. And we're seeing the converging of all these different prophecies that are coming to pass today. And Jesus Christ says, I tell you these things before they happen so that when they happen, when they happen, you might believe. You see, I've, I can't tell you how many times I've spoken to non-believers and they say, wow, you know, I don't believe in Jesus Christ, but man, my grandma, she always used to tell me never take the mark of the beast. She always used to tell me whenever they have a chip or something to put on your forehead, never take it. And I speak to these non-believers, these atheists, and they're like, you know, I never, ever was a Christian, but man, when I was a kid, my grandma always used to tell me don't do that. And now we're living in these days and they're like, kind of freaked out like you know like i can see this happening now i like i can't buy or sell unless i do this unless i do that and that's what's so beautiful because the lord jesus christ himself two thousand years ago give or take a couple years says i tell you these things before they happen so that when they happen such as today you might believe you see now the ball's in your court my friend My beautiful, beautiful friend, the ball is in your court. And I long to call you my beautiful, beautiful brother or my beautiful, beautiful sister. And I praise the Lord for your beautiful grandma or whoever it is that told you. That's what's so powerful about prophecy. It's not just prophecy for the sake of knowing. It's prophecy for, yes, there's the aspect of knowing. But now what? Now what do we do? If you're unbelieving, repent. Don't be unbelieving anymore. You see? And so this is the manner of the heart circumcised unto the Lord. Now, I say these things. I speak Christianese sometimes. And if you're not a believer, if you're a young believer, you're like, man, this is too much Christianese. Well, get caught up in our studies. And on whatever platform you're using, there's a nice little library of studies. Get caught up in these studies. I say circumcision, but listen to our study through Romans and you'll understand what I'm talking about. You see? And so... This is the manner by which the circumcision according to grace, and I speak of believers, you and me. This is the manner of the heart that partakes of communion. And so we begin our study. Open up your Bible to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. This is beautiful brother Paul speaking to a beautiful, beautiful church. Saints that have been corrected, but saints nonetheless that are moving on to perfection he says this in verse 23 1 corinthians 11 for i received from the lord that which i also delivered to you that the lord jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said take eat this is my body which is broken for you do this in remembrance of me now let's pause here for a moment i have to tell you you know if you have the communion elements don't partake of them just yet we're going to do it together corporately as a church body as a koinonia 
as the ecclesia of these last days. So hold on to those elements that you have. And if, you know, make sure you listen to the message, uh, 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 communion preparation, because it's very important to understand uh, the uh, procedure. I don't like saying procedure. It sounds too formal. It sounds too, you know, I'm a former Catholic. So, you know, when it comes to tradition, procedures, I just, it just rubs me the wrong way because I just, I hearken back to those when I was in bondage in Catholicism, which the Lord rescued me from. Now, if you're a Catholic, I love you, uh, but don't be a Catholic anymore. Because when you read the Bible and you listen to the priest, the priest is wrong. When you read the Bible and you read the first Vatican Council, Vatican II, they're wrong. When you listen to the Pope in his admonition, when he attempts to bring together the family of Abraham but excludes the Jews, he's wrong. You see, one of the signs of the last days, Mary doesn't take you to Jesus You don't pray for your dead relatives to be rescued from purgatory by Mary for Mary to take them to heaven. No, it doesn't. That's nowhere in the Bible. That's the doctrines of men. You see, mass is not in the Bible. So I say this to you as a former Catholic. If you're Catholic, I love you. But I also say this, come out of her, my people. Come out of her, my people. The Bible warns us about the seven hills. And so this, Paul is recollecting here what he received from the Lord and reiterating this to the church, to the saints of Corinth and for the saints of today. And he says this in verse 25, in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And this is key for us. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes, you see. And this is part of the tradition that I referred to earlier. This is part of the tradition. As often as you eat and often as you drink. This is something we do as a people of the way, the remnant of these last days. This is something we do monthly, the first Sunday of every month, you see. And in so doing, we're proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes. Now, the Lord gives us conditions of his return. When he's returning again, he teaches us. He shows us through the word. Remember, the word became flesh. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. Verse 27, therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. You see, we're proclaiming his death. And you say, wait a second, what do you mean we're proclaiming his death? Because he's alive and I abide in him and him in me. And, you know, what do you mean we're proclaiming his death? Well, if any of us partake of these elements in an unworthy manner, we become guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. His crucifixion, remember when they say, crucify him. Crucify him. Pontius Pilate, here is your king. We have no king but Caesar. And then they say, crucify him, you see. And we partake of that group when we partake of communion in an unworthy manner. Now, a lot of times anti-Semitism comes in to to, uh, when people say, you see, the Jews did this, the Jews did this. Don't forget the Romans were there too. The Romans put the nails in his hands and his feet, put him on the cross, mocked him with the crown of thorns, Stabbed them in the side. The Romans did that. 
A lot of times what happens is anti-Semitism, which is another sign of the last days, hatred towards Jews. And you see it even arising in the apostate church, not the church of Jesus Christ, the apostate church. And when I say the church of Jesus Christ, this isn't like, you know, a moniker for Mormonism. The church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, that's that's not even biblical. They're, what they believe is Jesus Christ is not the Jesus Christ in accordance to the Bible. Now, if you're Mormon, <laughs> I love you, but come out of her, my people. Come out of her, my people. It's very important, you know. Uh, Jesus Christ and Satan weren't brothers. You're not going to die and rule your own planet. That's in accordance to Mormonism, which is a lie. Jesus Christ of the Bible, it's him that we follow. Not Jesus Christ in accordance to Mormonism. Not Jesus Christ in accordance to Catholicism. These are the other Christ that we're warned about. And they're going to be more prevalent and more popular and spread widely in the last days. And so if you're Catholic, I love you. Come out of her, my people. If you're Mormon, I love you. Come out of her, my people. Repent and receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. And then we grow together. Let's continue on in our journey. We grow together. I don't care where you are in the world. China, Russia, you know, Arab countries, uh, wherever, South America, America. I teach from America if you're in Europe, if you're in wherever. I don't care. I mean, I care because I love you, but I don't care, meaning like it's for everywhere. And so we see, we continue here. Oh, this is this is why, like when we read verse 27, we see, therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner, manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. This is why at the beginning, when I say, you know, if you're not a believer or if you're lukewarm, do not partake of the elements. It's not to say like, you know, oh, I, you know, I'm being mean and I don't like you. No, it's to protect you. It's to protect you. I don't want you to be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. And so that's why, you know, when we partake of communion, there's sometimes there's the uh, uh, little uh, warning messages or the little uh, 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 w- the warning label that comes attached to communion Sunday. That's the reason why. It's to protect you because I want you to be safe in this life and I want you to be safe in the life to come. And that only comes with your personal relationship with Jesus Christ, not religion. Your personal relationship with Jesus Christ, you and him. I don't care who you are, what you've done. I don't care you and him. You know, wife, husband, grandparents, kids, parents. I don't care. You and the Lord Jesus Christ. And right now, it's just you and me. I'm telling you this right now. Before Jesus Christ, before our Lord. And I desire you to have a relationship with him. And I have a hunch that you desire to have a deeper, deeper, deeper relationship with the one who formed you in your mother's womb. It's not a time to play games with the Lord. Not a time to play games with the Lord. I know you look at the churches nowadays in these last days and you see, wow, it's crazy town. Everything's nuts, straight up nuts. It's Bible prophecy. These things must happen. These things must happen. See? We're living in very prophetic times. And so we see here in verse 28, but let a man examine himself is to scrutinize, to see whether a thing is genuine or not. That's what scrutinize is. And, you know, if you're a new believer, say you came to Christ and you're fresh, you're 
like five minutes, a brand new Christian. I love you. Praise be to the Lord. Now, certain things, your unit of measurement is not as uh, profound as somebody who's more mature in Christ or somebody who's been a Christian for a year or 10 years. Now, what you know of Jesus Christ, that's the manner in which we examine ourselves. You see? That's the manner in which we examine ourselves. So if you're a new believer, you're kind of like a, in a good situation because there's not a lot of examination because you just don't know. But if you are uh, more mature, you've been a Christian for five months, five years, 15 years, 50 years, you know, to whom is given, much more is required. And then we examine ourselves examine ourselves in accordance with the word of god the true word of god genesis to revelation not examine ourselves in accordance to vatican II. not measure ourselves in accordance to the book of mormon not measure ourselves in accordance to the hindu vedas no it's to jesus christ the word became flesh genesis to revelation this is our unit of measurement and this is how we examine ourselves I say we because I'm in the same boat. You and me, I'm in the same boat. It's not like, hey, you got to do this, you do this, you do this. No. That's what the hypocrites say. You do this, you do this, you do this. I'm going to go party. I'm going to go get drunk. I'm going to go do my sex, my alcohol. That's what the hypocrites say. Another sign of the last days where the hypocrites are going to be on the rise. And so the Lord says this through Brother Paul. In verse 28, let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself. That's hardcore. But then he goes on further and says, not discerning the Lord's body. We're living in an age where discernment is found wanting. We're living in these days. Nobody likes to have this discernment unto themselves in the honor of Jesus Christ. And when we partake of the elements, which I pray never happens among the people of the way, the remnant of these last days, if that happens, then we eat and drink judgment to ourselves. It's self-inflicted. And there's no discernment. No discernment. A lot of times you say, well, wait a second. I went to this church and they just had that communion Sunday and they just said, everybody take of it. They're doing it wrong. They're doing it wrong. You remember our study through the Corinthians, first and second Corinthians, how the formula, you know, we got to get blue juice and a puff of smoke. Now, if you're listening for the first time and you're like, what, what is he talking about? Where, where do I find blue juice in the puff in the, in the Bible? Well, I was giving an example about the chemistry class. You know, if you remember like chemistry class back in the school days, for me, the school days were a long time ago. Maybe the school days are in your days right now. Maybe you're a youngster. Maybe you're my younger brother or my younger sister in Christ and your school days are right now or maybe they're in the future. And you're like, wait a second. Well, the, the example was given for chemistry class. We're in a chemistry class. You have to mix the vials, everything perfectly. The whole objective is to get the blue juice and a puff of smoke. And if we mix this, we mix that, we put a little bit of this, we put a little bit of that, and we get orange juice and no smoke. Or, you know, pink juice, and then it turns black. Or whatever, no puff of smoke. No, we have to follow the instructions. We have to follow the formula. And the Bible has a formula. You see? 
The Bible has a formula and the Bible is what we follow. It's called obedience to the word of God. See, and it's so powerful because, you know, you say, wait a second, I went to this other church and they said, well, you know, just anybody can partake of communion if, you know, if you're this, if you're that, if, if you're committed. So what if you're lukewarm, just partake of communion? They're doing it wrong. It's not the formula. It's not the biblical formula. The biblical formula is if you're not a believer or if you're playing games with the Lord, do not partake of communion. In order for you to partake of communion, you need to be right with the Lord. Now, rightness with the Lord, your position before him is to have a circumcision, circumcision of the heart. You see, Christianity is the only way a female can be circumcised because it's spiritual in your heart. To my beautiful sisters, you know, who are believers, you know, welcome to the circumcision, you know. If you're a female and you're not a believer yet, become circumcised because it's a matter of your heart. It's very important. And when we follow the word of God, Genesis to Revelation, and when I say Genesis, included in that, you know, the five books of Moses, the Torah, we always have to do it always standing on the rock of salvation as new covenant believers. Not to go back to the law, but to understand that Jesus Christ is in the law. The law points to Jesus Christ. You see? And so this is the reason why the communion messages come attached with a, a warning label. And the warning label is for your protection. You see? Because when there's no discernment of the Lord's body, verse 30, the Lord reveals this to us through Paul. For this reason... Many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. You know how that translates? Many are dead. Wow. You see? Many are weak and sick among you, and many are dead. You see? Why does this happen? Because a person, a Christian, has eaten and drank of the communion elements in an unworthy manner. Drinking judgment to himself or judgment to herself. That's why it happens. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you and many sleep. It's called somebody who's been playing games with the Lord. Somebody who is lukewarm. And I don't want that for you. I mean, at the onset, you hear me say, you know, like, you know, uh, welcome, you know, and I welcome you. And this is communion Sunday. And you're like, okay, today's communion Sunday. And then, you know, oh, by the way. If you're not a believer, don't do this. It's not for you. If you're playing games with the Lord, don't do this. It's not for you. And you're like, whoa, it's kind of, I understand completely. It's kind of abrasive. But then when we study and we read this, then you can understand, I'm trying to protect you. I'm trying to protect you. If you're lukewarm or not a believer, I'm trying to protect you. Because I don't want these things for you. I don't, I don't, I don't want you to be weak and sick and die. I don't want you to partake of the elements in an unworthy manner. I don't want that for you. And even in your lukewarm state and unbelieving state, I want to protect you. You see? And in protecting you, I'll always tell you, repent. Believe in Jesus Christ. Repent, 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 repent. Believe in Jesus Christ. Abide in him and he in you. And then there's safety and protection for your soul in abiding in Christ. In this life and the life to come. You see, if you're not a believer, you know, you're going to have experiences in this life. 
There's still, if you're not a believer, there's still hope in this life. I mean, I've, I've spoken to non-believers and, you know, a lot of times Christians say, oh yeah, if you're not a Christian, you have no hope. But I kind of take a little issue with that because the non-believer can look forward to the birth of his child, the birth of her child. The non-believer can look forward to, you know, Christmas and, you know, a birthday. The non-believer can look forward to retirement. And so there's hope in some regard, but there's an expiration date on that hope. There's an expiration date on hope. If you're not a believer and you persist in being unbelieving and you're at this point, look, we're like, you know, 20 some minutes in and you're still persisting in unbelieving. I fully understand and agree that, yes, you still have a semblance of hope in this life, looking forward to events and the passage of whatever this and that. But there's an expiration date to that hope, which is your death. Now what? Now what? You see? To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord for the believer. You see? And it is appointed for man to die once and then judgment. Once. Very important. To die once. Not, it is appointed to die once. I say that to the Calvinists and the Reformed theory people. You see? It is appointed for man to die once and then judgment. Not twice. People say, oh, God preordained this person to hell. Well, then the Bible would be incorrect in saying is it, is it, it should say, if that were true, in accordance to that theory, that is it, it is appointed for, you know, some men to die once and is it, it is appointed for other men to die twice. You see, that's in accordance with Reformed theory. And I'm not a reformer. I'm not into Reformed theory or Calvinism. You see, and if that's you, if you're Reformed or Calvinist, listen to our study through Romans 7, 8, 9, 10, and 11, you'll understand more. And then also I say to you, come out of her, my people. Believe in Jesus Christ, not the Jesus Christ as propagated by these false teachers, the Jesus Christ of the Bible, Genesis to Revelation. So if you're Mormon, if you're Catholic, if you're Reformed, if you're Calvinist, come out of her, my people. Believe in Jesus Christ and walk with him and abide in him. You see? And if going back to my original, you know, what I mentioned earlier, you're, you're a non-believer. I fully understand that you have hope in this life. There is a semblance of hope. But understand, never forget that there's an expiration date. What about the life to come? You see, what about the life to come? And in him, Jesus Christ, we have hope. We have the promise of the Lord to paradise. You see, now you don't have to hope for, you know, the marriage of your son, the marriage of your daughter and having grandbabies. You don't have to hope for retirement. You don't have to look forward to this. I mean, you can, which is, you know, certainly things to look forward to and be hopeful for. But now as you get older and older and older and your body starts to fade, you can look forward. And, you know, you can be young and still look forward to eternity. We as a people of the way, the remnant of these last days can be hopeful for paradise and look forward to paradise as promised by our Lord himself. Paradise. Oneness with him. Today we have oneness with him, but it's spiritually. Then... We'll have oneness with him and we'll see him face to face. You see, praise be to the Lord. We see this in verse 
31, for if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. That's a word that people don't like these days. Oh, don't judge me lest you be judged. Well, the Bible says, look, if we don't judge ourselves, then we're going to be condemned to hell. That's what this, you know, if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, and you know, I say that to non-believers, you know, not to scare you. I mean, I got to admit, there's a little bit to scare you. People say, oh, don't, don't give the gospel of Jesus Christ and talk about hell. That's scary. People say, oh, you know, don't, don't talk about Jesus Christ and tell people to come to Christ to, and don't use hell to scare them into heaven, to scare them to Jesus Christ. But that's how I came to the Lord. That's how I, I read the Bible, I read about hell and it terrified me. It's so beautiful because you see how the Lord Jesus Christ himself in his earthly ministry, he would speak to some about gnashing of teeth. He would speak to some about hell. But to the woman at the well, to the woman at the well, he didn't talk about hell. So powerful. To some, mostly men, he spoke about hell. To the women, the woman at the well, he didn't speak about hell. You see? He goes, he goes to all kinds of different people and he approaches them in all kinds of different manners, in different manner. You see? And the, he believe in the Son of God, the earthly ministry of Jesus Christ. You see? Rescuing, rescuing people. So I don't need rescuing. I don't need rescuing. There's, there's a pride of life to the mindset that has, to, to that mindset. There's a pride of life. And I tell you from experience, the pride of life will hurt you. It will hurt those around you. And without Jesus Christ and repentance and belief on him, you will burn in hell. Say, wait a second, that's scary. I know it is. Absolutely, it's scary. But now that you know, why would you do that? Why would you do it? Why would you submit yourself to that, to hell? You see? He goes, oh, I wasn't raised that way. I, I, I didn't believe that way when I was a kid. Well, you know now, that's what the Bible says. That's what the Bible says. Remember, and let's look at John. You don't have to turn there, but I'm just going to read from John chapter 3. For In John chapter 3, verse 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And a lot of people know that verse, believer and non-believer. But when we look at verse 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. You see, it's not condemnation. There's a scary aspect of not believing in Jesus Christ because it's hell. But God, who so loved the world, did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him, through Jesus Christ, might be saved. You see, it's a rescue mission. A picture, you're drowning. You're in the ocean. You're drowning. And say you've been swimming for years and you're so exhausted. Your muscles can't do it. Your feet can't kick anymore. You're gasping for air. And then, you know, here I am standing on the rock. I'm dry on dry ground. I'm standing on the rock. And I throw you this lifeline. And it's right next to your hand. All you got to do is grab the rope. It's right next to your hand. Why would you not grab it? Why would you not grab it? You see? I mean, he's, our Lord is the one who says, my yoke is easy and burden is light. I don't want you to grab the rope to 
trap you into, you know, whatever lifestyle. I don't want you to grab the rope for, you know, like whatever, like, you know, nefarious reasons. I want you to grab the rope for safety so that you can live. Yes, in this life, but even more so in the life to come. You see, grab the rope, my friend. If if you're listening and you still persist in unbelief, cut it out. Cut it out. There's no reason to fight the Lord. Everybody who've, who has fought the Lord, they've lost. And I tell you from experience, be unbelieving no more. Grab the rope. Grab the rope. And before you grab the rope, I meant grab the rope, yes, but hit pause and commit your life to Jesus Christ. Listen to the message, how to commit your life to Jesus Christ. And you come back, you listen, and we partake of the elements together as my new brother in Christ, as my new sister in Christ. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've done. But you believe in Jesus Christ. God loves you. God loves you. He says in, I'm looking at John 3, 17, not to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. You see, a lot of times people tell me, oh, don't, don't talk about hell. Don't try to bring people to Christ and talk about hell. Okay, but so what are we supposed to be saved from? Saved from what? You say don't talk about hell, but saved from what? Saved from what? Taxes? You know, saved from what? Uh, having the cold? Saved from allergies? What? What is the Bible referring to uh, that the world might be saved through Jesus Christ? Saved from what? What is it? A bad day? No, it's hell. Hell. Condemnation. You see? Now, if you're a non-believer and you're like, wait, wait a second, you know that? Yeah, the, the Christians, they never talk about hell. Listen, Christianity in the last days is going to be crazy. It's, there are four categories of the last day's church. The last day's church is either false, apostate, entering apostasy, or it is true. You see, I talked to non-believers before. They're like, well, I'm never going to be a Christian because I look at this, I see this, and it's a madhouse. I don't want that. Well, I'm in agreement. I don't want that either. The, you know, they're the ones that are in the wrong. But that lifeline is still extended to you. Grab the rope. And be unbelieving no more. Stand on the rock of salvation. The real rock of salvation. Not a little pebble. The real rock of salvation. And that's Jesus Christ. I like to say to people, get in the ark. Jesus Christ, get in the ark. You see, it's Jesus Christ. So going back to 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 31. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged but when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord that we may not be condemned with the world. You see? The world. All these people who have a lifeline, but they're not grabbing the rope. The line is right there, but they're not grabbing the rope. But I speak to the living. The, those who have grabbed the rope. You see how beautiful it is to know these things, the truth of God's holy word. And if you're a new believer... My new brother, my new sister in Christ. Listen to our studies through 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians. All of it in order. And it will be well for your soul because you'll start your journey into maturing in Him and then listen to our weekly messages. 
Wednesday Old Testament, Sunday New Testament. And we'll continue to do this until he comes. Now, I'm going to read verse 24 again. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's take the bread together as koinonia, the ecclesia of these last days. Let's take the bread. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let's take the cup. To the beautiful people of the way, the remnant of these last days, God bless you. I love you.